Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished young professional uh, from the world of media and social media from Singapore, Lily Kin. Lily, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ashutosh. Uh, Lily is the head of creative strategy and video con- for content for Tiger Hall. So Lily, uh, tell me a little bit about your own amazing journey and what brought you to Tiger Hall. Hmm. This is a great question. And let me start at the very beginning because I always get the question, where are you from? <laughs> so I'm going to answer that question. Um, I was born in India, in Chennai, and mm-hmm. but my parents are Burmese and Sri Lankan. Mm-hmm. As a result, I grew up across these three countries, being a little bit of a third culture kid, you know, belonging everywhere and nowhere at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. Um, I think the defining moment of my life was when I got a full ride scholarship to study in Mahindra, United World College of India. Mm-hmm. I completed my last two years of high school there a completely transformative experience. Mm. And then I won another scholarship to study in the US um, where I graduated um, in a, with a degree in international studies and anthropology. Mm. <laughs> so wow. when it came time to graduate, you know, understandably the career options for me were kind of a bit of a question mark, I would mm-hmm. say. So I decided to lean into one of the strengths that was reflected to me um, throughout my life up to that point, which was writing. So I knew I wanted at that point to move back to Asia as well. I decided to try my hand at content, right? Content mm-hmm. creation. Mm-hmm. I joined a Singapore-based startup, mm-hmm. which you know focused on elevating local Asian stories and mm-hmm. through technology that was quite new at that time, things like Mm. AR, VR, IoT. Mm. So how could storytelling be different with these new Mm -hmm. technological tools or or means of telling a story layered Mm. on top? Mm. Very interesting work. Um, I spent about six years there and then, you know, decided I I was ready for my next adventure. And Mm. that's when I met uh, Tiger Hall. Mm. And I started as an editor, you know, focusing primarily on written content. Mm. And I tried my hand at social media for a while before eventually kind of settling into my groove in this role, which is mm. leading creative strategy and video at Tiger Fascinating. Hall. Fascinating. So Lily, you mentioned that, you know, your time at uh, the UWC, the Mahindra College in Pune, and I've been, I know a lot of people there, changed you a lot and you know my son as I was telling you before we started recording went to UWC uh, in in um, British Columbia Pearson College and he said the same thing tell me a little bit about what changed uh, for you at UWC because they're an incredible group of colleges absolutely and and you know this I'm sure your son is raving absolutely. about his experience too all the time <laughs> yeah um yeah UWC for me was the first place where I felt like I belonged, which is which is a truly powerful feeling. And for me, you know, as I mentioned, I'm a bit of a third culture kid. All through my life, I, I never really fit in wherever I was, right? I was always a little bit other. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up in Myanmar, I spent my early teens there. And for many years, you know, I experienced 
racist bullying, mm. unfortunately. And and as a kid, that really just cements in your mind the sense that, well, I'm not like everyone else. And mm. even, you know, things like I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. you know. But that aside, even ideologically, I think I was always a little bit different from other people, you know. Mm. Um, growing up in, in South Asia, you're told things that, you know, are questionable. You said, well, you can't do this because you're a girl mm. or you can't wear that because, you know, it's going to reflect badly on, on the family or even just like casual homophobic mm. comments being mm. thrown around. And mm. those things just never sat right with me. And so I was always in this position of, you know, uh, it's easier to conform and just be quiet. Right. Or do I just, you know, be who I am and stand up for what I believe in? Mm. And I was lucky at that point to have had my uncle, who was the sole voice who encouraged me, well, don't don't change who you are in order to get people to accept you. Be who mm. you are and be kind and don't worry about the rest. Mm. But as a result, obviously, I, I accepted and, and took that advice on. But as a result, there's always a bit of abrasion with people around me, right? Because I was just quite different. Mm. Um, but then when I went to UWC, that was the first time I felt like I found my tribe. You know, I found this tribe of fellow misfits who were from, I think in my, in my class, there were people from 120 countries represented. And it wasn't the typical, you know, international school style thing because there were most of us or some of us, a lot of us were on scholarship. And so you got people from a whole variety of backgrounds and Mm. and nationalities, each bringing a unique perspective. Mm. And together we kind of, I love the fact that we were reimagining what the world could be Mm. and, and obviously getting a great education and doing normal teenager stuff, but at the same time, you know, thinking about how can we build intercultural understanding and foster dialogue? How do we build bridges? How do we put our heads together and solve some of the world's biggest problems? Mm. Um, How do we lean on community and, you know, focus on our shared the things that connect us rather than the things that divide us. Um, So for me, when I went to UWC, uh, I felt like for the first time, my future was coming into focus. And I remember feeling like this is exactly where I want to be. And so that's that's why it's been so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Lily, now let's move to Tiger Hall. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about the kind of work you do at the company. Yeah. So maybe I'll give you a little bit of uh, background into what Tiger Hall is. Uh, Tiger Hall is a social learning platform, right? And and the goal is, the mission rather, is to make sure that where you come from should never stand in the way of where you want to go. For someone like me who's mission-driven, that was super powerful. Mm. And how we do this is we work with senior business leaders from across the world. Um, these are people who are in roles that a lot of us aspire to be in someday, solving mm. problems in the top companies. Mm. And we work with them to distill all of their insights, their advice, all of their hard-won wisdom and, mm. and strategies that have helped them get to the top mm. and distill them into bite-sized, as we were talking, bite-sized content is really um, nowadays, really powerful way to reach people. Mm. Um, so we distill into bite-sized content podcasts, videos, short ebooks that we call power reads, mm. and and live streams. Mm. And the idea is that you know 
to empower professionals to achieve their career and life goals by layering on moments of learning through their day. Mm. So we take things that make social media so much fun, like mm. the interactivity, the community side of things, the fact that content is really short that you can you know, consume it while you're waiting for the bus or you're mm. waiting for that friend who's always late. Mm. So the idea is that with these moments of learning from the right people, credible sources, mm. you will be on your way to achieving all of the things you want to achieve in your career mm. and your life. How wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I was reading about you, you talk about creating content that delivers real impact. Mm -hmm. What goes into creating such content? Oh, yeah. Nowadays, right, with, with generative AI, with chat GPT, you know, we've seen that blown up so mm -hmm. much. Everyone has the tools to create content. Correct. And so you can imagine that there is going to be a lot of content that's out there. We're already quite saturated with content. So creating content with real impact is going to take a little more thought, a little more intentionality. Mm -hmm. So I would say if, you know, we could talk about this for a whole session, actually, yeah. mm -hmm. but um, if I could distill all of this into three points, yeah. I would say the first point would be answer create content that speaks to a real problem mm -hmm. that your target audience is facing, right? Don't, so don't start from what you want to say. Start there with your audience. Mm -hmm. Immerse yourself and sink your teeth into really what your audience is thinking about, what their worries are, what they're loving, what, you know, what's on their mind. Mm -hmm. And once you know that, you'll probably identify some common um, pain points or common things that come up. Create content that speaks to that. And then naturally you'll have an audience for it there'll be some kind of connect mm. the second part to that and something i experience a lot because i work with with these senior leaders we call them think influencers mm. um, so i work with them to distill their content into you know different formats and and extract the essence of their message right and I noticed that a lot of times it's hard to, to nail down exactly what makes you successful, mm. what makes you good at something. Mm. And as a result, people tend to lean into generic words that because they're overused so much, they end up not meaning very much at all. Mm. So for example, let's say, you know, build trust in your team. If you, if you have such a generic statement, I would encourage you, if you want to create impactful content, mm. don't stop there, right? Mm. What does that look like? Ask yourself that question. And mm. then break that down into the strategies, the real kind of day-to-day -day actions that people can take. Mm. Break it down into what is really the essence of it, right? For example, I want, I'm a manager who wants to know how to you know, work better with a team that I inherited. Mm -hmm. And don't say build trust, say, okay, meet your team. One thing you can do is meet your team one-on-one -on -one every month. And then during that meeting, do X, Y, Z. And then once you break it down that way, that's when people can absorb that and apply it in their unique situations. Mm -hmm. And it'll obviously create more impact. Yeah. And the last point I would say is lean into stories, you know, especially mm -hmm. with, with AI and all of that, we, we need to lean into what makes us human. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, this is, you know, backed by research, but also the conversations I have with users of Tiger Hall who mm. say that, you know, the strategies are great. We love the content, but 
it's so much more powerful when we hear an anecdote or a story um, that helps us see how this this person has applied all of these things in their unique situation mm. and it's helping us also remember the strategies right because people remember stories and narratives so much better mm. so those are my three tips. fascinating and you're so right you know anecdotes and stories are the most powerful communicators that have ever been invented you know so you're, you're absolutely right and I remember I know this because I write a lot and I know stories are a very powerful mode but moving on uh, what is the process you follow Lily to understand and package content for your clients yeah um so I'm going to interpret in this case clients as our users because yeah. at the end of the day all of our content speaks to sure. human beings hmm. um so because of the nature of Tiger Hall, the audience of, of Tiger Hall are people like us, you know, mm -hmm. professionals. And so obviously we do have a team of great researchers who are looking at the macro level um, trends and, and things that happen that trickle down and impact individuals as well. For example, when, when the pandemic first hit, right, we were able to isolate that, hey, maybe remote content is going to be really important mm -hmm. moving forward and we could create that really quickly. That's one one aspect of it. The other aspect is to just listen. You know, we we are very immersed in communities where we're surrounded by our target audience, and they're also our friends, our partners, our you know, in our communities. So we always have a an ear out or an eye out for those friction points, right? The points of abrasion where we say, "Oh, I wish there was someone could give me advice on this." Mm. And that's the content that we, you know, focus on. And that's where the gold is for us. It's, mm. it's those nuanced problems that professionals face because we want, at the end of the day, oh. want to be the, the place that professionals go to. And they have this incredibly specific and, and prob, you know, complex problem that they would just like someone, someone who's more experienced to give mm. them advice on. Mm. Interesting. You know, my next question is regarding technology. And, you know, you did speak about uh, chat GPT and a whole lot of other tools that are available. But for the average individual, you know, wanting to create content, how is technology going to change content creation for them? I would say what I love about all of these, this new technology and not just chat GPT, which is a great example of that. There's also, you know, lots of, AI out there that's now creating for example stock images yeah. or you know lots of cool applications and I think it's just making content creation more accessible than ever mm. right and and I think that's very powerful and it's important to see all of this technology as as the tools right they are tools and we mm. can kind of adapt with them learn how to use these tools to make our processes more efficient so mm. i think it is a great opportunity if you're you know wanting to create content but i would say at the end of the day you you also need to put your own touch on things um, you need to see what how you can make this content meaningful relevant resonate with your audience you know mm. all of these things you can't do without you can't just do a wholesale copy paste and think that you're gonna you know create impactful content no Correct. But it is a great place to start. You're not starting from a completely blank page, for example, if you're a copywriter. Mm -hmm. And and that's, in fact, powerful. It's, it's just going to make you 
faster, maybe more efficient. Mm, very interesting. So, you know, over the last one month, I've become a chat GPT addict, you know, and <laughs> every time I want to write something, I ask it to give me some thoughts. And you're yeah. so right, it gives you some thoughts and then I'm able to build uh, exactly. a lot of those points. Absolutely right. So Lily, you also uh, have done a series of videos titled Navigating Career Growth as a Woman of Color. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit more about these videos. Yeah, well, this is something that's very close to my heart. Mm -hmm. So thank you for asking about it. Um, so this, this series is really born out of the fact that I saw that a lot of our DEI or diversity, equity, inclusion content on mm -hmm. Tiger Hall and also in the wider you know, content space were centered around you know, people who are not minorities. Yeah, so there are people who are from the majority racially in an organization or, or you know, even demographically the majority, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so it was content that I saw around allyship, around how to build a more inclusive culture, how to foster inclusion in my team, things like that, which to be fair, very, very important content, right? And mm -hmm. we definitely need all of this. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side of that, what I saw while we build, you know, these equitable workplaces and we're working towards that in the future, the, the reality is that a lot of women of color or people of color, marginalized people, mm -hmm. still are working in workplaces where discrimination happens, where mm -hmm. injustices happen, where we're excluded for various reasons, right? Mm -hmm. And and the content, this series is really designed to speak to those people mm -hmm. and to say, you know, the thing that happened to you is not okay. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. You know, you are not alone. And here are some tools, some strategies, some advice from people who you can relate to who, who are successful today and who've been in your shoes in the past have used to navigate these these injustices right to and still achieve success mm. so it's really to empower women of color to navigate um from advice mm. from women of color as well and yeah it's it's, it's a very new and and young series so the the content and the topics are, are very preliminary and mm. as time passes we'll be expanding on this creating more nuanced content that mm. speaks to a variety of experiences that women of color have mm. and you know women of color as such are not a monolith right for example the experiences of an asian woman and a black woman are completely different okay. so as as the series progresses, we'll build more nuance into how we name our videos and how we segment them so that we reach and speak authentically and meaningfully to all these different identities. Amazing. And where can we see some of these videos? You can check those out on Tiger Hall. Um, on our website, you would find a whole list. Okay, wonderful. So I have time for two more questions. And, uh, you know, uh, and they're both things that you believe in. So uh, your next, my next question is that you believe in channeling skills towards making the world a more equitable place. Mm -hmm. Now, you've told me about your videos about women of color, but tell me a little bit more about how you're going to make the world a more uh, equitable place. Um, well, that's my personal mission statement, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and, and so obviously, okay. it's... I, make decisions around how I spend my time, my money, the kinds of 
projects I work on, the work I do based on that that statement. And I think mm. it's powerful to have something like that ground you so that you're not kind of lost as you're going through the flow of life and, yep. and you don't have questions come up like, well, what's the meaning of what I'm doing, mm. right? So for me, that's been powerful. To answer your question, obviously, um, with Tiger Hall, I feel there's a lot of meaning with what I'm doing. It, it is aligned to my purpose of, of creating kind of helping democratize the access to success, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, makes sense. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, that's one aspect of it. And the mm -hmm. other side is obviously service is a big um a big area that I focus some part of my time on every week. Hmm. So volunteer work is something I've always done. And you know that it's a part of our UWC education as well. Yeah. Um, so I volunteer at various places. Currently, I, I recently joined um, a tech for good nonprofit called mm -hmm. better.sg, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. It is run with the efficiency of a business, um, which is really refreshing for a nonprofit. And, you know, just contributing my time towards giving back to the community, realizing that we're all so interdependent, mm. right? And, and, you know, giving to the community is actually a way of giving to yourself as well. Um, but I, I also think that, you know, aside from actions, sometimes even just nourishing yourself giving yourself what you need, taking care of yourself, filling your own cup, that's mm -hmm. a powerful way to, to be of service to others. Because when you have good energy, when you are you know in the right frame of mind, mm -hmm. the people you meet also benefit, right? And so I think there's you don't have to take grand actions to, to build the better world. You can just start small with yourself and actually create a huge impact mm -hmm. uh, to those around you. Very interesting. And my last question to you, uh, Lily, and this, you know, in a different area, but you also are a big believer in holistic wellness and balance. Yes. Um, help me understand this, what you're doing, and give me an example. Yeah. I think, you know, as a person, I've just divested from this language of treating my body like a machine. You know, I'm just over that. I've stopped feeling guilty for um, taking time to rest or time to play or time to fill my own cup. Mm. Um, because, you know, all of this language around, you know, you need to optimize your time. You need to do more and less. You need to become more efficient so you can mm. get more done. It was just really wearing me down mm. and making me unhappy. And for me, I haven't, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm perfect, but I'm still in the, in the process of finding a balance between movement and stillness mm. and doing and being and valuing those two things equally, right? And as, as parts that speak to each other and make each other better, mm. because, you know, it's, it's not just about taking action and always being go, 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 but it's also about pausing and finding those spaces to be still and mm. still not in a, you know, I'm just not going to move still, but finding peace and quiet so that you listen, you have the chance to quiet the noise and just listen to what you actually need. Right. And then that's really powerful, I felt. And, right. um, you know, it's been for me, also a way for me to just detach from associating my my worth and identity with what I do 
and just seeing that you know i am i have inherent worth as a human being and so i i'm not wasting or or less than because i choose to rest sure and that's been a huge paradigm shift for me it's mm-hmm. helped me you know become more balanced calmer you know more resilient in the long run and um, i'm all the better for it absolutely and and you know you're so so right i mean i always admire people of your generation if i can i'm i'm from the boomers generation <laughs> where you have you know my generation did not have the luxury to be able mm-hmm. to say i want to take a day off uh, you know it was work 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 um, but and we did not have the ability to say no yeah and i admire this about all you young people you know and everything that you say resonates so well with me thank you and on that note lily thank you so much for speaking to me about your own amazing journey about your incredible learnings at uwc uh, i know what an amazing institution that is for your ib program and how how much so many different nationalities that you study with teaches you thank you for talking to me about tiger hall about content creation and finally thank you for talking to me about the three beliefs that you uh, spoke about today uh, every one of them i learned something new from you thank you again and good luck to you it's been a great pleasure ashutosh thank you so much for having me thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you